Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. This is our special Love is Blind series. And today we have with us Brianna Holmes. I am so excited to have her in the house virtually. Brianna, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I am so thrilled that you wanted to come on and get cozy with me. And that's exactly what we're going to do on this show, on this podcast. We go beyond what everyone sees on TV or what they've seen in articles and really get to know the person so we know the real, true, nitty-gritty, authentic you. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Let's get to it. All right. So before we jump into Love is Blind, I want you to tell our listeners all about you, where you grew up, maybe a little bit about your childhood, what kind of shaped you into the person you are today. Just kind of give us an overview of who Brianna Holmes is. Awesome. Well, I am an army brat, so I'm from everywhere. So I spent some time in Europe, um, followed by moving to Kansas. And then eventually ended up in Georgia, where I then graduated and went to Georgia Southern University for my um, bachelor's degree, which is in psychology as well as accounting. Um, I did not know which one I wanted to do, so I got to do both. Um, I then later went on to attend Auburn University, where I got a degree in rehabilitation counseling. So all throughout my life, I actually was the lucky winner of being picked on. So I was actually bullied from all of grade school up until around 11th grade. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Yeah, 11th grade. Really, really bad. Um, Like I, when people think of bullying, they don't think of, they think of like girls being mean to each other, but for me it was like people, like um, someone planned a lunch where no one would talk to me. People took my lunch, someone threw it in the bushes, or someone threw my book in the bushes. People would take my lunch and throw it away. Uh, I got thrown in a trash can. What? Um, yeah, it was really bad. Oh, School my God. It was not fun for the longest amount of time. Um, it didn't help that I had braces and glasses, and I wasn't what someone would consider someone with a higher perceived level of attractiveness or attractive mm. in general. And I was really smart. I was really nice. That was my. That was the thing. So I was really nice to everybody. I'm still overly nice to everybody, which some people don't understand that this is just my personality. (laughs) Um, People who have met me in the past are like, oh my God, when I first met you, I thought you were being fake. And then like two years later, I realized that this is just who you are. That shaped me to who I was. Literally the bubbly, fun person that I am is because I never want anyone to experience the way I felt. Super, super low, super, super bad, super, you know, not confident in yourself and because of what I went through throughout the majority of my academic life, it definitely made me just want to pe- treat people the way I like to be treated. And it definitely is something that I think is a big part of my story. It's a big part of my story on the show as well. But that's just who I am. I'm Brianna, the former bullied person, now current stewardess of just being a good person. That's it. Well, I am so sorry you went through that. My daughter actually was bullied last year, and she's only seven. So I'm hoping that that does not continue, you know, throughout her schooling. Um, and I'm really sorry that it went on for so long. Did you have anybody that was an advocate for you through that hard time? In middle school, I had two really, really good advocates, one of which saved my life. Wow. Um, I, at one point, I was younger, and the bullying got so bad. 
I, I, I was done. I wanted to be done. And I mm. told her, and Chanel Anderson then told her mom, who called the school and my mother, and literally, like, got me back on track and made sure that at that point, you know, the boy had got it for a little bit. And then the other person, and I thank her all the time, I always tell her, I'm like, oh, just thank you, um, <laughs> because what did mm. save my life? And then the other advocate is my best friend, still best friend, Crystal Williams. I love her so much. She stood up for me sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade, still. Um, she still stands up for me when I don't feel like I can stand up for myself. And over the years, like my parents, once they found out it was a problem, because a lot of times people don't stop bullying because it's just no one's aware. Um, right. Parents are aware. Kids hide it from their parents. So yep. once my parents found out, they did become advocates of it and Good. tried their best. But at the end of the day, they're not at the school with me. They're, they're not able to control the actions of other people. But they tried their best to instill confidence in me and make sure that they knew that I was loved and protected, um, especially in, at home. I'm just really glad that I had them and I had a good support system back then. Oh, yeah, definitely. That makes all the difference. It's funny, when that was happening to my daughter, so many people came out of the woodwork and we really realized who our true friends were. And, you know, we're just so grateful for that and that uh, there were people at school that were her advocates. So I'm glad you did have people that had your back. But again, I'm sorry that went on for so long. Gosh, it sounds like you went to several different colleges and got several different degrees. You are a smart cookie. Um, where, where, did, <laughs> where did you kind of end up career-wise with those degrees? That's okay. So, when I was in high school, I always had a passion of helping people. Um, and I completely ignored the fact that I could become a counselor or something with the choice because I wanted the money that came with accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in high school, I took academic classes on my own that weren't offered by my school. But a great teacher and advocate, one of my future or then advocates, uh, Victoria Thomas, she uh, taught me on the side um, for accounting. So I did that. But... I always wanted to just encourage people to rally together and create, like, amazingness. And um, in high school, I, Future Business Leaders of America, also known as FBLA, was a program that most public high schools have and some private high schools as well. And it's literally just trying to help people create career skills. That's literally the whole point of it. When I started, it was, like, 10 people. And then I became president. And I spent my entire summer connecting the entire yearbook and asking everybody, hey, will you join FPLA when school starts? And it turns out that I've always been good at connecting people, and I turned my then FPLA organization into the 10th largest organization in the country. Holy cow, <laughs> that's then, amazing. Yeah, and then now I rally millennial-age individuals in the, excuse me, in the metro Atlanta area to attend and participate in free or low-cost educational, social service, and fitness events. We have around 16,000 people who are part of just doing good as we do good in our community, while also making sure that we're giving back to millennials who are in need when we're able to. So I didn't end up on any of the spectrums of, like, 
rehab counseling or psychology or accounting, I literally do Millennials of Atlanta, which is, you know, the millennials and connecting everybody. Um, and then I'm a web designer now, so I do love schools and I love learning. So when I realized that as a human being, you can actually go to any college campus you want for free if it's a public university. And you can go sit in on all the classes that you want. You just can't get academic credit, but you mm. can learn. I did that wow. and learned how to create websites and doing front-end and back-end development because I did not want to go back to school because it's very stressful. <laughs> um, Amen. I'm like, I have three degrees. I'm fine. And I learned how to create websites, so I started making websites for minority women, for millennial women, for women everywhere, really, and specifically millennials to make sure that I can provide all of the information I do and have learned for the corporate people and the corporate level. I provide that same aspect to millennials, but at a very discounted rate, like everything's under $500 kind of rate because I just want to make sure that everyone has access to build their brands, start their business, and like really fulfill their passion. Brianna, girl, you are an inspiration. I thank you personally for doing all of that for the people of Atlanta and the millennials of Atlanta. That's incredible. At the end of the podcast, I want to make sure that we get all your information to our listeners so they know how to contact you. Listeners, if you're in Atlanta, definitely contact Brianna and try to get involved. This is just amazing. I'm so glad that you are sharing this with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What led to you getting on to Love is Blind? How did that all happen? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So... Prior to Love is Blind, I'd only had one boyfriend in my entire life. We had a college boyfriend who was a great person. Just didn't work out for, you know, various reasons. And I was so sick and tired of being alone. I was just fed up. I could not get any dates. I literally was just like, this sucks. I wasn't able to meet anybody. A lot of people apparently were, like, intimidated by me, which at the time I was, like, 24, 25. So... I didn't understand what that meant. I'm like, what do you mean? Men are intimidated by me. Like, I'm just doing school and life. Um, and mm. I was so sick and tired of being alone. I kept going on dates and, like, swiping and all that stuff, and it just wasn't working. There's just so many apps that are just based off of your physical appearance, and I'm so tired of just being looked at, like, oh, you're pretty, so that must be it. That is exactly and what Danielle said, by the way. Danielle was like, dating apps are destroying courting like courting courtship dating those apps are destroying what dating should be yes it really is like literally and like even now during the quarantine i've been like swiping and i'm like this isn't fun i don't want this this is actually the fun but i was just so tired of it and some random message kept popping up in my instagram um and i'm like ignore 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 finally i i read it I did a little bit of research, and I applied. And to my surprise, and probably my parents' surprise, and all my friends' surprise, they actually liked me enough. And, and they were like, hey, let's do the whole process. And I went through the process, which was, you know, consisting of, like, Skype calls and phone calls and psych evaluations and so much more. Um, and I ended up getting on the show. It happened at such a strange time because I was actually about to leave my, my then job as a counselor and um, get into the marketing field to be, like, more of what I actually do. And it worked out where my job was about to be over, and my new boss was able to, like, let me start at a later time. So after, you know, 
talking to my parents and my friends and my wonderful friend who had stayed at my house and watched my cat, they were like, go. So I went, and I got to participate on season one of Love is Blind, and it was honestly the most life-changing experience of my entire life. Like, you can't make it up. Like, I just can't even, I can't even put my appreciation into words. Oh, that's wonderful. So when you got through that process, that long, exhaustive process, then you get to the actual facility, I guess, where all of it's going to take place. Explain, like, how you felt. Were you excited? Were you nervous? What was everyone else feeling? (laughs) What were those first, like, first days, jitters, all of that? Oh, goodness. First day. Wow. I was so terrified. I was terrified, but I was excited at the same time. I'm overly optimistic, typically. Like, I'm not really a pessimist, so I'm just, like, kind of, like, looking at the world through those colored glasses sometimes. And I literally was just, like, so nervous. I don't think I slept more than an hour the night before. And, you know, you get up, and you do your hair and your makeup, and you put on your dress, and all the you see all the girls also in their dresses. Everybody looks so beautiful and so excited and so nervous and we're all sweating (laughs) and like trying our best to like not be nervous and it's just like that day I don't think if I could go back and tell myself like hey it's gonna be okay this is going to be the best experience of your life I wish I could because it was nerve-wracking don't get me wrong it was really nerve-wracking because I'm like you know we have to worry about two things. So you're worrying about, am I going to find a guy who like likes me for me? Am I going to get married? Am I going to, you know, all this stuff. But also, how am I going to look on the other side of these cameras? Right. Um, and like, so, like by the end of day one, you kind of forget about the cameras. That first day, they are very there. You are seeing them and you are, they are in your face and mm. you are very aware that there are cameras, but literally, you know, 12, 15 hours in, you're like, what camera is where? And then you just keep doing that for the next couple of weeks. Oh, my gosh. Danielle was telling me there were, what did she say, 15 dates the first day? Yes. Actually, for the first day, you date everybody for a small amount of time. And then you cut it down every day. You're cutting people off of your list. And the list is how you, like, kind of see who you're going to be dating the next day. So if you like someone and they like you and you guys both put each other on your list, then there's a good chance that you're going to talk again. Okay. And if not, then you probably won't. And it's just like, it's, there's an algorithm behind it. There's a lot of science behind what they do. And, like, my first date, I actually I posted a picture of it on my Instagram. It's, like, how I ranked all the guys on day one, which is so crazy. Because we don't know these people enough. Um, but over time you get to know them my first date of the entire experiment was actually with Leslie who ended up getting engaged to one of the other women I don't know I don't want to spoil it for people if they don't know yet but he was my first date on this show and it was like okay after I talked to Leslie I'm like okay this is gonna be fine and it was it was fine we're having Wesley on uh, Wednesday, so I'm excited to talk oh, to Wesley. Yeah, I've heard lots of good things about him, so I'm excited about that. How did you rank these guys? Because And were you taking notes? Like, I feel like I would be taking such copious notes because I would forget everything. Yes, so you do get a notebook that you can write notes in. And uh, fun fact, 
I am the only person of the original 30 cast members who were on the show who still has their black notebook that was given to us on set. I'm the only person who has it still. Oh my gosh, um, lucky girl. I have all of my original notes from the days that I took the notes and everything. I have everything here. You have it in and, front of you right now? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Ask the name. I can tell, tell you the notes I wrote about them. So what did you, on on day one, you said your first date was with Wesley. So what did you say? What's one of the things that you said about him? Really talkative, spiritual, and he's, he's actually focused on, like, what's on the inside. Aww. And he has a tattoo. He has two tattoos. Well, at the time, he had two tattoos. And one was Isaiah 43, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I so, love that. Yeah, it's, like, all my notes and doodles and everything are still here. Just the exact way. Like, I still see, like, tear marks on some of these pages. <laughs> oh, my God. That is beautiful. Well, after that first day, did you have kind of like a top three, top five? After the um, day one, like literally after my date with this individual, I walked out of the pod and said, oh, my gosh, that's my husband. <gasps> and he was my number one pretty consistently throughout the entire show. Oh, my after gosh. After that day. I just um, got goosebumps. You have to tell us who that was. Because here's the thing <laughs> that we're going to just go into all of the, the details on this podcast because people want to know. And a lot of people who actually I know a lot of my listeners have already seen Love is Blind. I know because of the quarantine, a lot of people are watching it, rewatching it or watching it for the first time. But I don't think people are going to listen to the podcast episodes before they watch. So I think we're good. I don't think we're going to spoil anyone. Can you share with me who that person was? It was actually Carlton. Oh, it's Carlton. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Carlton. Wow. Yeah, I, uh. I, like, fell head over heels for Carlton on day one. Oh. Um, and then, a lot, like I said, a lot of stuff changed between, you know, day one and the end of the experiment. Yes. Um, like, if you watch the super trailer, if you go to Netflix's thing for Love is Blind, you watch the super trailer, you'll actually see me in the super trailer uh, running away crying that, it, that transpired that no one will ever, ever, <laughs> see. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's fun, but it's... A lot changed. A lot happened. And, yeah, no, like, that day, I literally, everyone knew that. Like, I was, like, head over heels for Carlton, Vanessa, Lachey. She was like, oh, my gosh. She was like, you have butterflies. I had goosebumps after every day. I had, like, he literally said it was very visible that I was, like, in like with him. If you're listening to this, that means you've probably watched the show by now. So you see that <laughs> I did not end up with Carlton. Wow. So how was that journey? So you, okay, so the first day is over and you're like, okay, Carlton's my number one, like for sure. And then the next day you have about half the amount of dates? Um, I think I think we dropped from 15 to 10. Okay. I mean, yeah, you're getting rid of a good amount of people. I'm looking at my notes right now. <laughs> and it's funny because everyone thinks that like Mark and I had like a really awkward first date and then you never see me again. But Mark actually was like high on my list. We dated for a couple more days. Aw, I liked Mark a lot. Um, I'm, like, looking at this right now. <laughs> so the second day, same contenders pretty much were on the top of my list the entire time for the most part. And then, essentially, the day came where I had three guys at the top of my list. And it was between Carlton, Wesley, and Matt. Oh. Um, who, now that you've spoken to Danielle, you know that yes. she was 
and I love stories. I love triangle, right? Yep. So at that point, I, I really liked Matt, that he literally, he was like, Brie, you're really awesome, and he's just such a sweetheart. Like, he is such a sweetheart. He's like, I, I really want to be with Danielle. I'm like, okay, cool, great. Um, so at that point, I'm like, okay, that sucks, because I really like Matt. Yeah. Um, we would have been a little power couple. It would have been great. <laughs> and then it was between Carlton and Wesley. And I don't know, I can't remember if it happened the day of or the day before. I can't remember exactly when it happened. But uh, Wesley then tells me that, hey, like, I like you and all, but I'm, I'm more into Kelly and Lexi. And I'm just like, dang, that sucks. But, you know, great. But at least Carlton likes me, right? And me and Carlton had some other stuff that happened throughout the show that I'm just not touching on. But um, we did get into a couple of arguments. But, oh, wow. Um, we reconciled <laughs> on the show. Or at least I, I think I wanted to. I wanted to reconcile. But ultimately, it ended in him telling me that he was in love with Diamond and that uh, he wasn't going to be proposing to me either. So I oh, had God. the fortunate honor of being rejected on the same day by three different men oh, telling me, like, Brianna. you're not going to be, <laughs> like, you're not, not, I hate saying it like this, but, like, you're not good enough for me to marry because I just wasn't there. I wasn't the person that they wanted to marry. And that's totally fine. I've come to, like, terms with that I understand that now but then and you know while we were filming it sucks and it brought me into tears and that's why you'll see me running on the super trailer and I'm asking like what's wrong with me because the same thing has been happening my entire life I'm always good but not good enough as relates to like my dating life and it was Mm -hmm. such an unfortunate situation because I'm like okay I have to deal with this in my regular life now I have to deal with this on tv and then what happens once I re-enter the dating pool as a normal human being dating normal other people without cameras and without the pods, you know? So it sucked a lot. Like, I, I was down for a long time because of that. Like, I kept questioning myself. But before I left, one thing that I hate that no one will get to see is that after, like, Carlton and I basically ended... I uh, walk into the girl's side of the pods, and I'm like, I'm going home, and I'm, I'm leaving this. I'm not leaving. I'm running, rather. Um, backtrack. Before that all happened, something in my heart told me to just be myself for all the women because I'm all about supporting other women, and I was that exact same person throughout the entire process of the show, like being there for women, praying with them, praying for them, and just really being an advocate of showing people what it looks like for women to be supporting women. Um, and it, I hate that no one actually gets to see that because literally I was just like championing everybody and trying to just be my authentic self, which I was. I'm so glad that I got to be that. And before I went into like my final date, the whole day I spent writing notes to all the women about themselves because the mm-hmm. whole time I kept telling them like, hey, reminder, like you're strong, you're beautiful, you're confident, like you're amazing, you're educated, like speaking, you know, just amazingness over them. Mm-hmm. And... I had given them to them one by one before I went into my, my last and final date. And one thing that I really wish would have ended up making it, but didn't, it was me. They literally allowed me to say my goodbye to all the women at the same time. So everyone got pulled out of their dates and out of their interviews and wherever else they were. And they all got to sit down and I got to tell them like, 
to their face how strong and beautiful and confident they are. How that, you know, regardless of what happens on this show, like, you're worth more than you even realize. Um, and more than what any number or or man or person can ever tell you that you are. Like, it, that's just it. Point blank, period. Because, fun fact, also, on the show, I actually got saved while I was on set. And oh, wow. And if you're not Christian or religious, that means that you find God at a different level, basically. Like, you're, you're, it's like a really cool relationship with your home with Jesus. It's really awesome. Yeah. Um, and at this point, everything came full circle because I just got a tattoo that says Proverbs thirty-one twenty-five, which is, she's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs about fear of the future. And I have, like, this little devotional that I took with me that literally, the day I left, the day I left, I was shaking and crying because I'm like, this is it. This is what God was trying to tell me. Because while I was trying to get on the show, I kept asking God, hey, like, you know, if I'm selected, like, work through me, use me, and let me be an example. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are religious, this just shows you the power of prayer, and you should probably be more specific in your prayer. Because <laughs> I kept praying the same thing. Right. I kept praying the same exact thing for weeks. And guess what? He did. There's a chance when I got to look at the camera and tell people, like, hey, you look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're beautiful, and then remind every single woman you come into contact with that they're beautiful, too, and, like, that was in one of my interviews that no one will ever see. Um, <laughs> and literally, there was not a dry eye of the cast and the crew when I said that. And I'm, like, looking dead smack in the middle of the camera, like, for my interview. And every camera person was crying. And I'm, like, wait, this is just my story. This is just my life. Oh, um, I love that. And then to, like, bring it all fast forward, though, the day I'm leaving, my devotional says a Christian woman doesn't put her hope in her husband. She doesn't put her hope in finding a husband. She puts her hope in God. And she's described in Proverbs thirty one twenty five, And I literally just like shaking. I'm like, okay, I got it. Cool. Wow. This was what I was here for. I wasn't meant to find a husband here. I was meant to just be there for people. I was meant to be an example. I was meant to lead. I was meant to be a vulnerable person that people see as an, as an attainable relationship with people, with Christ, with yourself. And it was just so awesome. <laughs> you literally took the words out of my mouth because I was thinking in my head, maybe she wasn't there to find a husband. She was there to be a light to others and to bring like peace and calm and strength, you know, to the other people that were participating. And you literally just said that right after I thought that. And I thought, oh my God, that's so crazy. But yes, yes, exactly. That's amazing. So I got to tell the girls goodbye and speak all that over them and get like a huge group hug and I get to walk out and it's really cute but it literally ends with me saying and remember love is blind and it was like really cute and like cliche and it was really cool um but it was such a special moment that I got to share with the women who were still there at the house and it was just so awesome but who knows like what they'll ever do with all that footage they take so much stuff but honestly like you said I don't think my purpose was meant to find the husband there I think it was simply to be a steward of, I hate saying it like this, but being an example of what God is in somebody and what a good person is and what a good woman I can be um, and what it looks like to support other women and to just, you know, be happy for people and being authentic and genuine when you're doing so. Absolutely. Um, And even so, like, I'm so happy for all the girls, like... I want to be like, hey, y'all, can y'all find me a husband now? It's my turn. <laughs> it will be your turn. Okay. It will be your turn. for God to do that for me. And I have to say just a couple thoughts. I really, because I used to be a dating coach, 
I always told my clients or my friends or whoever I was trying to help that it is a numbers game. It's an absolute numbers game. And you have to keep putting yourself out there because you don't know what you want and what you don't want unless you do that. Thankfully, through the pod, you were able to do that and probably narrow down pretty specifically what you're looking for, which is, as you said, a huge gift. I mean, I took all of my 20s to do that. You did that in what, like two weeks. So that's amazing. But definitely just keep that in mind that it always is a numbers game and that it's just the way that it is. You know, you're just going to have to keep meeting more and more people just to know who that right person is. And you will know. But I have a question. Like I said, if you guys haven't seen Love is Blind yet on Netflix, maybe stop listening until you've until you've seen it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. It's such an amazing series and I'm so excited for there to be more seasons. But knowing what happens with Carlton and Diamond, when you were seeing that happening, and I don't know if you kept in touch with Carlton after everything happened, but what were your thoughts? What was going through your head when that whole explosion happened with Diamond? And were you watching this on TV with the rest of us? Or did you know already what was happening? Like, what were you feeling through that? So I'd actually already known what happened. And Carlton and I, after the show, after we filmed, me and Carlton actually spoke almost every day. We still speak very frequently now. Oh, okay. Um, as friends. But he actually told me about his sexuality after like he got done filming he went ahead and told me before I found out a different way even though I'd already found out because I insisted to him and like together <laughs> and tell me when he was ready because as a counselor you know like you can't push that on people you can't force them to tell something that they're not ready for so it's a very delicate situation because we were in a very difficult situation that's the circumstance that people will never understand because they have not been put in it. Right. Imagine having feelings or emotions for someone that society tells you you're not supposed to, and then the universe is like, okay, you have to tell them right now. You have to tell the whole white world right now, today. No questions asked. Like, you got to do it now. That's kind of the situation that happened. <laughs> like, wow. it sucks for both parties. I love Carlton. I love Diamond. I have love for them both. And I feel bad that they're both getting backlash for what happened. Am I hearing you correctly when you're saying that Carlton had to tell Diamond he had to divulge that information because he was told to do that? Or that was his choice to do that? I'm not sure if he had to. Okay. But, I mean, at this point, you kind of have to. You don't have to, but it's really wrong if you don't tell someone before you get married. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Especially if you're going to be in, like, this circumstance it's one thing if you're living like a quiet private life and you've been dating for like you know five years or something but if you know you're getting married in six weeks might want to tell that person (laughs) anything that's important to them I guess or you pro tip okay Uh, so I'm not quite sure how that situation worked because I wasn't there I know that I didn't find out on set I found out afterwards so I don't know. Knowing about what happened with Matt, were, did you guys stay in touch as well? I mean, did, did anything happen post-show with Matt? Unfortunately not. He actually started dating Danielle after the show. So we are better off as friends. Matt's a great guy. Okay. Um, he is literally like, uh, I feel like sometimes he's like the male version of me, kind of. Just <laughs> more like fitnessy than I am, definitely. And more adventurous than I am as well. But he, uh, he and I did not connect after the show. We were supposed to get coffee, and I forgot about that. And so just, I don't know, it rained that day. 
Um, but <laughs> we were supposed to get coffee once. It never happened, um, and it was a mutual agreement because I think it was, like, really bad weather or something. But, you know, nothing happened with any of the cast members after the show, for me, at least. Yeah, no, I'm friends with, like, I'm really cool with all the guys. There's one person where I've been, like, trying to get him to, like, ask me on a date, but it hasn't happened, and I don't want him to hear this and him be like, oh, I'm pressured to ask her out now. Oh, man. Okay, you can tell You can tell me offline. Yeah, I'll tell you offline. Like, Perfect. I'm, like, throwing hints out there, but we're in a quarantine, so it's not like we can actually go on a date. That is true. Um, you can have a FaceTime like, date, all though. All we need is a wall. Him and I, we've done this before. All we need is a wall. That's true. We can true. order the same food and just, like, Jessica and Mark. Oh my gosh. That was so genius of him to just recreate the pod like that because that's where she felt more, you know, most comfortable. I just, I loved that. That was like one of my favorite moments of the whole show. So what was your favorite, actually that's what I was going to ask you. What was your favorite moment of the entire experience for you? Did you have like a favorite moment? Maybe just that first time meeting Carlton, like those butterflies. What was your favorite moment? Oh, hmm. Wow. That's such a hard question. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, like, flipping through my notes to see if I wrote anything about that. Wow, that's a really challenging question. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Does it have to be? Well, yeah, it has to be about me. Let's see. My favorite. Oh, my goodness. This is really hard. My <laughs> favorite. Wow. There was a moment when Carlton and I were singing different songs to each other. Because Aww. he sings. Um, and I think, um, I think pretty well. Um, I like jokingly told people I was creating an album, but I'm not. Oh, I love Uh, it. You should. And we were singing, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't remember what I sang, but I don't think they could get the clearances for the songs that we were singing because they asked us to stop. Um, it it wasn't that we were bad. It was just like, you can't sing other people's songs on TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that was a really fun moment. That was a really fun moment because I've never sang... I've never put myself in a position to have, like let people actually hear me sing, except for like my close friends who know I can sing, and they'll be like, "Oh my God, Brianna can sing, sing!" And like if I'm like traveling, if anytime I'm traveling, I do karaoke. I'm on a cruise in January, and I do karaoke every night, and people are like, "Oh my God!" And I'm like, "Yeah, hi, bye." But oh other than that, I don't like, let people hear me sing. I That's love really that. Weird. That was really exciting. And he was really sweet, and it was just like a really sweet moment. I love that. I love being an undercover singer because people don't expect it, right? And they're like, well, damn, okay. I have to say, the other day I went um, karaoke with a friend of mine, and my husband was there, and he was just there to be just sweet and, you know, supportive or whatever. But he hadn't really heard me sing karaoke, like, live like that before. And I sung Alone by Heart, and my friend said he dropped his phone and his jaw just fell open because he's just like, that is my wife. What is she doing? Oh, my God, she's killing it. So it was just like the most fun moment, and my friend just was dying laughing. Shout out Trishel. She was dying laughing. She's just like, I've never seen a man be more, like, enamored with a woman. She's just like, you got a good one, girl. It was adorable. Oh, my gosh. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. Being undercover singer is really fun. <laughs> so, yeah, you're an undercover singer. I love it. That's awesome. I would love, since you have your book there, I would love for you to flip back to day one when you were with Carlton in the pod. What did you write? Did you write something like my future husband or like Mrs. Carlton? <laughs> like, Did you write anything like that? All I wrote was just wow. Um, Says it all. Literally, it's like I'm, I talk about his, uh, how he likes being around his family, his height, 
and how he is spiritual, that he wanted to be in love, that he was an entrepreneur, um, that he had a pro- he has a program for kids, but he has like a whole summer camp that's really cool in his hometown, and mm-hmm. literally just puts a suite, and literally the bottom just says, wow! Oh, <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I am just so blown away. I'm so happy that you're able to share all these intimate details with us and just, you know, so we can get to know you better, know you really well. I do have a question. Do you think that because of all the footage that was shot, do you think that since they can't do a season two right now, obviously because of the quarantine, all the production is stopped on like every show in the whole world. Do you think that they would ever release extra footage of your story and Wesley's and, you know, everyone else's? I mean... Danielle's like, do you think they'd ever do that? Did they ever talk about doing that, possibly doing that? They haven't told us because they know that we wouldn't be able to hold that in. But I do hope that they, whether it be like on the actual Netflix, like the actual site, or whether it be on their YouTube page or whatever, I do hope that there is some way that they could show people how amazing I mean, the guys are great, but how amazing some of the women are. Yeah. Um, because, like, there's stories like Danielle and Lexi who got engaged, and you'll never see it. And there's people like India and Ebony and Lily and Kay and Allie who you'll never know enough more information about them. And they are such amazing, amazing women. They're, they're nurses. They're singers. They're mothers. They're brand strategists, and they do, like, really cool things with people in the entertainment business, and they help people physically, and they're getting masters and doctors and stuff, and people will never know. And it's wow. Because we're, like, all such amazing women. Like, you are. Uh, funny, when we, like, read the comments, people are like, everybody looks so attractive, and I'm like, but there's so much more to these people. Right. Like, they're, like, such kind human beings, like, Without a doubt in my mind, if there was something that I needed, I know that I can call on almost any girl and they'd be there. Oh, um, I love that. Literally, any of them, like, all of them are just so amazing. And I wish that the world could see how amazing the women and the men are on both sides because there's some world changers there. There's some world changers. There's some people who are going to move some mountains and who are going to do some great things for this world. They're just by being themselves. And I hope that maybe Netflix realizes that now more than ever is the time that we need to see people shine their light. Mm -hmm. Well, my hope is that I'm able to tell everyone's story, you know, that wasn't told. I'm so excited that you and Danielle and a few others have reached back out. And I just hope that I can kind of just be able to connect with all of them so that I can at least share it with my listeners and, you know, hopefully they can share it with their friends and we can kind of get the word out because although I love all the couples that were on Love is Blind, you're, you're the unsung couples, you know, you're the unsung people that we want to also learn and know about. And you were in that experiment as well. So you get, you know, you deserve a chance to tell your story. And I don't think it's fair that you didn't on the show. So I hope that I can do my part and get those stories out that need to be told. No, thank you. We, like, I know I appreciate it so much because there's a lot that people didn't see. Right. A lot, a lot, a lot that um, I really wish they did. Because, yeah. oof, y'all, the tea is piping hot. It's so hot. <laughs> I didn't even touch anything today. Like, I did not even turn the water on. Oh, today. no. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you can leave us with that you're allowed to say? Maybe how this experience has changed you? Anything that you want to share with our listeners? Hmm. You know, 
at the end of the day, especially now more than ever, communication is key. So mm-hmm. it's okay to ask hard questions, whether it's a new partner or someone you've been with for a year, someone you've been with 10 years. You know, there's so much that you don't know about your partner. So, like, think about the things that you're afraid of your partner knowing or the things that you're insecure about or the things that you wish your partner could see and reminding people why they're important to you and just reminding people what you like about them, you know? Those are actually some of the questions and guidelines that they gave us. Like, I'm literally reading my book right now. Wow. Um, guidelines that they tried to, like, help us facilitate communication and uh, dialogue with. And I definitely think, you know, asking tough questions in the beginning helps. You know, it's okay to ask on day one, like, what kind of father do you think you're going to be? You know? Yeah. I'm kidding. Don't do that in real life. People will be scared. Do not do that. With my husband and I on our first date, I completely scared the shit out of him. I was like, look. <laughs> I want kids in two to three years. If you don't want kids, this will be our first and only date. And it was just, it was just out there. You know, I just wanted to make sure that it was known that this was not, this was a deal breaker for me. You know, I really kind of put my deal breakers out there and it really got me to my husband quicker. It really did because you do, you weed out those people that are just not right for you. And since you're still single, you know, having those deal breakers and being really true to those and stick to those, that's really going to help you in this whole journey to find your, your one. Oh, it definitely has draws. <laughs> it definitely helps me cut some people off. I'm like, oh, you're not making the list tonight. Yes. Bye. That's a good thing. You got to keep those standards high, girl. Keep those standards high. <laughs> Never forget your words. And don't forget to add tax and add gratuity too. I love that. Love that. Oh, my gosh. That is great. You need to put that all over social. That is the best line. <laughs> I love that line. Well, I cannot thank you enough for joining me and getting cozy. I had so much fun. I hope you did too. And it was so nice to get to know you. And again, you were you were robbed, girl. You were robbed. I would have loved to see that whole love story unfold on the show. So at least we have this now and we will get this out to as many people that will listen um, because they need to know who you are. You're amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Erin. Anytime. You take good care, stay safe, stay healthy, and always stay cozy. (laughs) Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Brianna. Please go follow her on Instagram at msbriannaholmes. That's Ms. Brianna Holmes. And I'd love a follow at getting cozy with Erin. That's G-E-T-N-C-O-Z-Y-W-I-T-H-E-R-I-N on Instagram as well. If you've enjoyed this episode and you would like to hear more of the untold stories from this Love is Blind series, please go take a listen now on iTunes, iHeart, and SoundCloud. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, bye. Bye.